Welcome to the Northbrook NextGen Podcast. A podcast created to help the next generation and the parents and influencers who love them. And now on to today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to the Northbrook NextGen Podcast. My name is John and I'm one of the pastors at Northbrook, uh, also part of our NextGen team. And so excited today, we are going to be talking about parenting. And uh, I'm very excited about my guest today. Uh, alongside me here, I have the lovely, beautiful, talented Mrs. Malstead. Shalana <laughs> Malstead is here. Say hi, babe. Hello. And um, when I was thinking about who I wanted to bring on to talk about parenting, um, I thought I would bring in the expert in our house, <laughs> which is certainly uh, my wife. And so uh, I'm so excited. Are you excited, babe? I am. You're very kind. It's all true, though. <laughs> um, so, Shalana, tell them a little bit, for those maybe that don't know us, uh, maybe tell them a little bit about you, about our family. About me? Yeah. Um, well, I'm married to John, <laughs> and we have three kids, and our oldest is, oh, goodness. Okay, so Charity, the oldest is 12. Almost 13. Almost 13 in, like, a few weeks here, which is... We're not going to talk about yeah. that. Uh, okay, and then we have Jace, who's 10, and then we have Joy, who's 7. So, yeah, that's kind of my parenting life right there. Lots going on, yeah. Yeah. And you're also a life coach. Talk about that. Uh, yes, I am. I love working with people. I love talking to people. And I'm also very passionate about um, learning about why we do what we do. So I am a certified Enneagram life coach. So yeah, I love doing that when I'm able to and getting to walk people through that as well. And what's your number on the Enneagram? Mm, I am a type two. So I will help you with whatever you need. Yes. Yes, she will. And I'm a type three, so I will help you get something done. Hopefully healthy. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Let's not dive into that right yeah. now. All right. I want them to get to know you a little bit. So um, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions. And you just I just want you to answer them quickly. First thing that comes to your mind. I don't usually answer things quickly. Well, but... and I didn't tell you these ahead of time. So you're just going to have to do your best. You ready? I, I think so. Okay. If you could interview one person currently alive, who would it be? Oh. Who? I, I don't... I did say quickly. I know. I know. There's a lot of things running through my mind. I don't do good on quick answers. I think... Uh, I think I... I don't know. I think we both are similar in this, but I really admire Andy Stanley. And so I would love to sit down with his wife. So Sandra Stanley, I would like to just, um, pastor's wife to pastor's wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to ask her some questions and just, I don't know. I would, I think that would be cool. There's a ton of other people, but that's my answer. There you go. Maybe yep. we could do a double date with them. Deal. Yeah. Well, Stanley's we're down. Yep. If you hear this, <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely down. We'll, We'll find some time in our... We'll even meet you in Atlanta. How about that? All right. Uh, next question. Favorite food? My favorite food. Yep. Is probably... 
probably like if I had to go for a treat, it would be like chocolate covered almonds or something like that. Ooh. Dark chocolate, not regular chocolate. It has to be dark chocolate. Yes, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, favorite song? Ooh. Uh, there's so many good songs. Music is my my thing. I'm going to go right now with what I was listening to this morning, which was the soundtrack from The Greatest Showman. Such a good movie. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go with that. That soundtrack is my favorite. Um, app you use the most on your phone? Hmm. Have I used the most on the phone? Probably Instagram. Okay. Probably. All right. I agree with that. I Probably Instagram, yeah. I would say. Um, favorite age that our kids have been so far? Hmm. I think currently, I like the current season we're in. I think, hmm, it's hard. Each stage, I feel like, has things I love about it and things that are really challenging that I don't like about it. Very true. But I think the stage right now where they're all pretty independent is fun. They're, you know, individuals and kind of coming into who they are. And it's scary, but I think the season we're in is fun. I think. Nice. Yeah. That's where I'd land. Okay. Least favorite. I I would have to say probably the baby stage where we didn't sleep at all, especially with charity. So true. That was, I will take the snuggles all day long, but I do not do well on no sleep. And we did not sleep for like the first year of her life. So I that that was the hardest. I would do it again in a heartbeat, but. Oh, I wouldn't. For charity, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't like. Well, we have charity. We don't have to do it again. <laughs> no, I don't want to repeat the baby stage. Okay, no, good. no, no. Glad we're on the same page. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so here's what I thought we'd do today for um for our parenting podcast. I thought we would talk about the Next Gen Conference. We just had a, uh, a quick conference last month. Some of you listening to this may have been there. Others of you may have missed it. But I thought as a, just a way to talk through some parenting observations, um, I know we both took some notes, and so we're just going to go through our notes from the conference, not all of them, but kind of our, some of the highlights. And so if you were at the conference, hopefully this will be some good reminders of things that you heard or maybe wrote down. And if you missed the conference, um, these will just be a few nuggets of information from the, the Next Gen Equip conference and um, hopefully this will be helpful for you. And uh, one reason I wanted to bring you on is because you were the reason David and Sissy came to Northbrook. You originally found them um, a number of years ago, found their books and uh, found their podcast, which we will talk about at the end. And so I know you know this content really well. So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to make the statement or, or say something that they said at the Equip conference and then... I'll let you uh, give your observations, and then we'll uh, all maybe make some observations, and then we'll move on, and uh, we'll just go through these uh, these takeaways from the Equip Conference. Sounds good. All right. <clears throat> so uh, one thing they said, observation over information. Kids learn better from observation over information. Yeah, I think... 
I think the information part is easier as parents because we just want to tell our kids, here's how we do it, this is what we do. Um, but the harder part is realizing that everything we're doing is reflecting to them. So, yeah, in so many ways, like, well, we don't need to glance at our phone every time it dings. Well, <laughs> then when the mirror's on you and you go run to your phone every time it dings or, you know, yeah. even just little ways of it's so much easier to tell somebody something um, than to let your kids just learn by observing you, which is much, much more humbling. Yes, now that our oldest has a phone, I'm noticing all my bad habits on my phone. It's true. I'll do it. Yeah. In fact, I was at a, um, I was umpiring a baseball game last week, and one of the coaches, uh, every time something didn't go his way, he would just scream at either the player or whoever. And I just thought, you know, his what is his son learning? Like his yeah. son is learning. You're sh- he's learning something. He's learning this is how you operate in the world. Whenever things don't go your way, mm-hmm. you can just lose it. And um, it was just a reminder to me of how our kids are watching and everything we do. Um, they're observing us and they're learning from us by often more by what we do than what we tell them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a quote related to that that David and Sissy shared at the conference was, we can only take the kids we love as far as we have gone ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that we, it's so easy, and I'm going to speak towards like, on the mom side, so I don't know if you could share if it's different as a dad, but I think it's so much easier to think, well, we want all these good things for our kids, and we're, we will do anything to give them a good life, and we're going to pour into their sports, and we're going to, you know, I don't know, do all these things for them um, because we have these big goals for them, which are great. There's nothing wrong with that, but the trouble comes when we're, we're not taking the time to take care of ourselves and not from a selfish standpoint of like, well, I got to take care of me first, but from a point of understanding where we're coming from, the, the wounds that we maybe haven't dealt with as adults, um, thinking back to what you're talking about with that other coach, like things that, you know, even if you had a really good childhood, like it's all in how we perceive things. Right. And so things that maybe we haven't necessarily worked on that we're then going to kind of spew out towards our kids. And so if we need to take the time to be taking care of ourselves, to be growing, however that looks like for us, and therefore kind of going back to that observation too before is it's our kids are learning by what we're modeling for them. They're going to observe how we're controlling our emotions, how we're managing stressful situations, and not out of perfection, and I think, I think we're going to talk about that later, but it's not from this perfectionistic standpoint of you can't mess up as a parent, but it's, it's modeling this, um, this active work of figuring out how you can grow and walk in the abundant life that God has for you, of who God created you to be as the parent, and then our kids get the blessing of the overflow of that, or they get the opposite if we're not doing that. They get what we spew out at them or um, the wounds that we haven't taken care of kind of reflect back on them. Yeah. And I think that's so important what you said, like 
because maybe that, you know, you might start to feel pressure, like, oh my gosh, I got to be perfect. My kid's observing me, but that's really not what this is about. No. Um, in fact, David Sissy said that our kids need to see us failing, forgiving, and growing. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit it, you hit it right when you said it's about seeing, having our kids see that we're growing, that we're becoming the best versions of ourselves, that we're not perfect, but we own it when we're not perfect. And, um, and we fall forward and we keep moving. That's what they need to see us model. Well, yeah, and modeling, modeling the failures well, too. Yeah. For them. Yeah, mm-hmm. modeling the Because growth. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, modeling the growth mindset. Yep. Good. Okay, um, something else they said, parent out of love, not fear. Hmm, this one, I think, I love my kids very much, but I am very prone to being fearful. And so for me, um, when I heard this phrase years ago, really changed the way I make my mind think about things because it's so easy to think, oh, I don't want my kids to do that. You know, I don't want my kids to be mean. I don't, you know, whatever the situation. But instead, that's a very negative way of approaching it. And instead, we're parenting out of this love and this vision of, well, what do I want for my kids? Well, I want them to be kind. Or, you know, instead of it's just that growth mindset of switching from looking at the negative side of it. It's like, let's look at what we do want and let's aim for that. And again, not perfection, but yeah, just the growth there. And I think it probably depends on how you're wired as a parent. Um, But for me, I'm really prone to the fearful side of, oh my goodness, if they do this, then X, Y, Z. And it just, you know, the snowball just keeps growing. And sometimes that can then make me lead to not parent the best I can because I'm parenting from this fearful, tight-gripped stance instead of this love of um, kind of the abundance and the, the but the blessing that God's given us, even though it's hard and difficult, but from this place of how do I model and parent out of this love versus being so tight-gripped and fearful. Yeah. That's hard for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think our culture is just fear is in front of your face 24-7 in the news and on social media, and it's easy to just get focused on what we don't want to have to happen to our kids instead of what we do. And um, like you said, the goals that we are trying to reach for our kids. Uh, so um, that kind of leads into another thing they said, which is give kids opportunities to fail. Mm-hmm. Why, <laughs> why don't you talk about this one? Because I... Oh, maybe I should. I don't know. This one is very difficult for me because I want to be there. I want to take care of all my kids' needs. It's very difficult. Um, I'm not saying it's easy for you to watch them fail, but this one is a struggle for me. I've had to really learn. This is where learning my personality came in has been very helpful because I tend to want to jump in right away. And learning in ways I'm really holding them back or have held them back from learning things that were important for them to learn in safe ways, obviously. But um, how crucial it is that we learn so much more from failures if we're being wise about it than we do from our successes usually. But that's very hard for me as a parent. And so that's something I have to think of often is to let let them figure it out. And I think you have said that to me many times. Just let them figure. Just let them figure it out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love um, a big a game changing moment um, when it comes to this idea. Um, a number of years ago, we went to a 
conference where a speaker talked about his parent letting him go uh, across country by himself when he was like 11 or 12 years old. And that was a different day and age. So obviously I'm not recommending parents do that now. But um, the philosophy behind that was his the, this guy's dad told him to figure it out. And he was, you know, helping him to become self-reliant. And I just think about how far we've come as a culture from sometimes letting our kids figure it out. It's very easy for us to want to do everything for our kids. But um, our kids our kids need to fail. And, um, you know, I try to beat them in board games as often as possible to teach them some humility as well. There but, is no going easy on them on your end. No, for I, I, sure. I don't believe in that, no. Uh-huh. Um, but, and another thing that says kids can do hard things, and I've, that's something I've been trying to keep in mind is, my kids can do hard things, right? And um, they may not do it as well as, as I would do it. They may not they may not even succeed at doing it, but um, helping them have that grit of attempting difficult things and attempting things they're not going to succeed in, you know, so they're not scared. They only attempt things they know they're going to succeed in. Um, that's a very limiting um, life if you only attempt things you know you're going to succeed in. So, yeah, helping them get over the fear of failure, I think, is, is an important gift we can give them as parents. Yeah. And well, I think, too, one thing with that is I think it's easy to think or uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Like if you say, you know, well, just go figure it out. Part of it is your attitude as a parent, too. So it's more of the idea of being more like a coach, right, if this analogy comes through. So Absolutely. like more of like a coach where you're like, hey, I believe in you. You can figure this out. You got this. I'm here. I'll offer you support. I'm not. I'm not uninvolved in your life, right? We're not talking. This isn't talking about um, like, well, I don't care. Just figure it out. But it's that attitude of like, I'm here. I'm coaching you. I'll help you along. But I believe in you, and you've got this. So I don't know. I just thinking that's important. It's probably the mom heart in me is like, let's differentiate between the yeah, no, that's <laughs> between the two things. No, that's really well said. It, absolutely. It is the I believe in you. It's not the I don't care. And those mm-hmm. are two different. You can say figure yeah. it out and, and it can be two different things. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well said. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. Um, they, they talked about an emotional vocabulary chart and they talked about how the word fine really just means feelings in need of expression. And uh, I know you're just raring to go on this question. So. No, I think, I think you should handle the feelings question. Why don't you dive into that? Well, um, as someone who <laughs> likes the word fine and uses it way too much, um, this one was this one was like a little bit of an ouch, but very true. Um, I think it's it's easy to get lazy or um, to um, maybe just teach our kids that they don't have to, they shouldn't have emotion, they shouldn't be sad, they shouldn't be whatever. When reality is, it's important for them to learn that emotional. Uh, vocabulary. And um, they mentioned you can find lots of charts online that have all the better words than fine, okay. Um, And just teaching your kids, if it's appropriate, depending on their age, uh, what to use better words, describing their day, describing how they're feeling. Um, And a lot of times when kids get frustrated or um, maybe even angry, uh, they're just having a hard time expressing what they're feeling. And so the more we can give them those words and model that, uh, the better, and the more we help our kids um, just live life well and, and actually understand and process their emotions. Mm-hmm. What do you want to add yeah. to that? <laughs> no, you did good. You did good. I'm Excellent. very proud of how much your emotional vocabulary has grown. That makes me very 
happy, thrilled, elated. Oh. <laughs> um, good. All right. Moving on. Uh, they talked about the helping our kids understand the power of perspective. Um, sometimes kids get into this, uh, maybe they have something bad happen and it's like it's the worst thing ever and life is horrible. And um, helping them just understand like, you know, they talked about even just using the language of is this a you know on a scale of one to ten is this thing that happened really a ten which is like the absolute worst thing or is it more like a three and just giving helping kids have some perspective on when things don't go their way is it really as bad as they're feeling or um is it or perhaps they just need to have a little bigger perspective Mm -hmm. i think this once again can go back to the whole what are we modeling So if we lose our keys, are we freaking out or making it a 10 when, yes, it's an inconvenience, but it's not really a 10? So, I mean, I think this, it kind of goes, goes there too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, just helping our kids understand that life doesn't always go your way, but doesn't mean that life is horrible, that there can be good in, even on the rough days or the bad days. Mm -hmm. One thing, okay, I do want to go back to the emotions. I'm... No, you're shocked. I knew it. (laughs) Okay, but for someone who's very heavy on the emotion side, I think it's also important, kind of coming at it from both sides. I think John and I can both come at this emotion, emotion chart from different ways. And so for me, I think it's important in thinking of how we're modeling this for our kids too, in that any emotion is okay to feel, right? Because it's just, it's how we're feeling, but we get to choose what emotion is driving the car um, and not letting the emotion drive the car. So, um, you know, we can feel afraid. We can feel sad. Those are all fine. Um, Fine, I said the word fine. You gave me a look. (laughs) Those are all okay. but, you know, if, if we're feeling anxious, those are all there. Those are all emotions. And that's human expression is how we're handling these. So the important thing, if you have, I can think of myself and one of our children who's more heavy on the emotional side. And so what you have to kind of work on in myself personally is thinking more feeling the emotion, but allowing it to not control you. So you can feel it, but you can, if you're picturing you're driving a car, you're not going to let your anxiety drive the car. You're going to recognize that it's there, but you're going to say, you get to ride in the back seat. I know you're there, but I'm going to strap you in and you're just going to ride in the back. You don't get to control where I'm driving the car. Um, And so, yeah, you're not ignoring it, but you're also not letting it, letting it drive you. That's just kind of coming from the other side for that one. I like it. That's good. All right. Um, they said use the phrase "try again" when you have when your kids say something disrespectful or when they don't say something the right way. They they said use the phrase "try again." Mhm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've used that phrase, but I think I kind of go ah, <laughs> and our kids like. Yeah, I think I, I love this phrase because I mean you're right. We don't always just say "try again." We might right. use like different phrases, but I think the heart behind "try again" is you're not. You're not lashing out at your kids. You're mm-hmm. modeling a healthy, not reactive. When you're sometimes, I think when our kids don't do what we want to, we quickly get reactive and just make the situation worse. So I think the thing I like about try again or phrases like try again, um, even just you know giving them a look at times, 
Mm, I'm good at that. Yeah, you are. Um, Is it helps them like think about what they're saying, but you're not lashing out or escalating the situation, making the situation worse. Well, and you're you're helping to teach them emotional regulation also, because they might say something in the heat of a moment, and you say, ah, let's try that again, and that gives them a second to think, okay, that's right, that was a little rude. Um, You know, I heard I've heard our kids be like, oh. You're right, that did come out, that came out sassy or whatever. It's not how I meant it. So I I think it's just also teaching them to catch it. You know, we're helping model, like, ah, pay attention to your words and your tone that you're speaking in. And it shows them that you believe they can do better, that you believe in them. Yeah. That they they can do better, Mm -hmm. which I think is good, too. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about screens. Oh, this is always a fun one. Uh, They had a lot to say about the use of screens, cell phones, iPads, TVs. Um, So let's just go through a few of these. One, um, there were a ton, but one interesting stat was that they found the happiest kids are on screens one to five hours per week. Not per day, per week. Happiest kids are on screens one to five hours per week. Do you remember what the average is like how much lower that is than the normal average i didn't write down the average i think it was in like the 20s or 30s it was just crazy high yeah but just the difference between yeah yeah and our kids and i mean let's just be honest our kids are on screens more than five hours per week Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) we're, we're not saints when it comes to this but i think it's interesting to me the takeaway there is um while screens can be a great thing um and certainly a part of our lives the reality is we gotta be super careful because they can they can control us instead of us controlling them. They can certainly uh, decrease the quality of our life instead of increasing it if we're not careful. Well, yeah, I even think as an adult, how I truly believe I'm happier the less I'm on Instagram or social media because I'm just living my life, right? And that um, and there's nothing wrong with those. But it's kind of being able to pay attention to where I'm at and where my soul's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing they said is not all screen time is created equal. And so mm, right. they talked about how things that, things on screens where you can interact, um, like, you know, learning shows. Um, there are certain apps where or you can play as a family are, are a lot better than where you're just staring, consuming. Yeah, or like movies, like watching a movie together would be considered true as a family. As yeah. a family, yeah. yeah, things where you can do do them as a family, things where you're engaging with the content. Sports games, you're watching on TV. Yeah, sports. Oh yeah, <laughs> watching the Brewers. It's it's helping our kids. Um, they also talked about how when it comes to social media, don't be the first to let your kid have a cell phone. Or a certain app, but you don't necessarily want to be the last either. Yeah, that there's just the tension there of I think the hardest thing with social media, not social, only social media, but all things with technology, <clears throat> is there's no clear cut answers. And I think it would just be so much easier if there were clear cut answers for some of it. And I think David and Sissy did a great job of just explaining that. You have to take into account your family. There's so many variations to it, and you just have to figure out what is right for you. So there's a big tension there, I think, because there's it's there's no cookie cutter of this is right and this is wrong. It's it's figuring out, you know, the maturity of your child 
and what your rules are of your family, what's being modeled. And there's just so many factors, so many factors that go into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, I, and I've always heard, you know, you, you don't have to just hand them their phone and let them go loose. Like you can, um, just like anything else, you can increase responsibility as they as they are, um, as they do well with their phone. So uh, when it comes to phone or apps, um, it's not just to hand them the phone, let them go wild, but it's slowly as they show responsibility, giving them more and more um, so you show maturity, giving them mm-hmm. more and more responsibility. Maybe that's the better word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they also said wherever your kids are on social media, you need to be there too. Um, making sure you can interact with uh, the content and understand what your kid is seeing and viewing, uh, which I thought was a good reminder. Yeah, I think all, a lot of things in parenting, obviously, but I think when it comes to this of like, you know, trying to pay attention to what your kids are doing on their phone or how they're using social media, all of it, I think, could really be traced back to the importance of building the relationship with your kids. Because you can have all the rules you want, but if you don't have that relationship there, there's not much weight, I guess, is kind of how I'd say it. So I think, just in thinking of you know checking up on your kids on social media, all great and fine, um, but the crucial piece is just working to build, build that relationship with your kids, which isn't just a one-time thing. This, it's, you know, it's a, it's a continual process and sometimes they're better than others, but it's, it's building this relationship so that, um, so that there's mutual trust, even though you're the parent, not that you don't check up, but it's even just saying, you know, Hey, this is just, this is the understanding, like, um, you know, in our case, it's like, well, we're paying for your phone. So, you know, we we have access to it. And it's it's the rules are set in place ahead of time and we're figuring out as we go too. But it's I guess to me real crucial to how important the relationship is because um oh there's a phrase that says rules without relationship something. Oh, oh, I'm going to have to look it up. It's going to bug me now, and it's going to come to me as soon as this is over. Anyway, it's a really great quote that, <laughs> <laughs> that really stuck with me. Apparently. But just the, the, importance of, um, just the importance of relationship. And not that there aren't rules, but we need the relationship with the rules. For sure. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, that was just about asking more questions, um, asking you know, about how they feel when they are done with uh, browsing an app or after they've been playing a video game, like just asking them questions about, you know, do you feel better now that you spent whatever, that amount of time playing a video game or um, just being curious and not not asking with the kind of like a gotcha mentality, but Mm -hmm. more just a curiosity, like helping them think for themselves and asking them really good, curious questions to help them think through uh, their what they're consuming, what they're watching, what they're spending their time on. Mm-hmm. So that was a good reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. So they also talked about building a team. And I never heard it said this way. I thought this was really good. They talk about how, you know, as parents, we make sure that we have the right people in place to help our kids. So uh, we have a pediatrician. We have people in our life that are helping us make sure our kid is physically healthy. 
Um, we usually, you know, you have teachers, whether it's, you know, whether you homeschool like us and it's us or whether you send them <laughs> to public school or private school, you have people in their life that are responsible to help them grow um, in their knowledge. And um, but then they talked about the importance, especially coming out of COVID with all of the anxiety and depression um, to have people in their life that are going to help our young people mentally with their with just their mental lives. Mm-hmm. And so they talked about the importance of having a team, whether that's counselors, therapists, pastors, other parents, um, people in our kids' lives that can that can just help them live uh, mentally well, which mm-hmm. I thought was a, a really good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I can think of how you can someone else can say the exact same thing that you could say as a parent um, to your child, and they will be like, "Oh my gosh, so and so said this," oh, and you're that. like, uh, "Yeah, I've been telling you that for a while," <laughs> but it 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 hits different. It clicks better um, for whatever reason because they're hearing it from someone else. And so, yeah, I, this one, I think it, they're all crucial, but I think um, this one is so important about who, who's surrounding your kids and who else is speaking into their life and um, helping mold and shape them. Absolutely. Yes. And so speaking of building a team, uh, I encourage you as parents, you know, we all need a team of people around us helping us. And I know mm-hmm. um, Raising Boys and Girls has certainly been a big part of our family's team. For uh, sure. So encourage you, if even if you uh, missed the conference, they have a ton of great resources. So make sure you check out their podcast, Raising Boys and Girls. It's an excellent resource. Um, explore a ton of different topics. A lot of the things we talked about, they go more in depth. So you can look for podcasts on screens and technology or um, emotional vocabulary or whatever. They, they have a ton of great stuff. Also, if you're a reader, they have a number of books. What's your favorite book that they've written? Um, the Milestones one. Um. Are my kids on track? Are my kids on track? Yeah. Yes. That yeah. goes through the Phenomenal. three um, emotional, spiritual, and physical milestones for your kids. Yes. So that good. one I think is I it's just one I've gone back to a ton for like oh, I think we're kind of low in this area and they just give really helpful like helpful tips for like here's how you can grow this in your child and um, yeah that one for sure is my favorite and one thing too is they're um, raising boys and girls social media their instagram page they do um they just have a ton of resources even there um i was just on there the other day and if you kind of just go through i mean there's just a lot on there but they were listing um for each developmental stage different books that they'd encourage your child to read different movies that are really great to watch as a family and then have conversations around um yeah so leading into summer i was like oh okay i should write down that for each of our kids and um they do a ton of different um they'll do quick little helpful videos and david and sissy just show up on there a lot so even just following them on social media is Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I follow them too. They have a ton of great stuff. Um, I'm reading their Wild Things book right now, which is a book about boys and their development and such such good reminders as we have our 10-year-old boy hitting some pretty pivotal years in his life. So um, speaking of books, if you've made it this far, 
We are so, we're, we're glad. You. Yeah, thank you. And <laughs> thank so you we, we want to reward you. Um, and so the rest of May, if you're listening to this um, after it comes out relatively soon, we're going to give away one of their books. So send us a message just saying one takeaway from the podcast or one thing that you um, have been have been learning about parenting or literally just say, I want a free book, whatever you want. Just send us a message and we're going to give away one of their books to someone that sends us a message over the next um, month. So where, who do they, where do they send the message yes, to? Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. No, uh, you're, you're right. Uh, so you can send it to uh, my email. So jmalstead at northbrookchurch.org. Or you can send uh, Northbrook a message on Instagram. If you follow Northbrook's Instagram account, send us a message on there. Um, or if you want, you can literally just uh, send an email to info at northbrook.church, and, or excuse me, info at northbrook.org, and just say uh, that you want the book from the Next Gen Podcast, and they'll get that to me. So my email, the info at northbrookchurch.org, or send us a message on Instagram. Uh, any of those ways, and uh, we will pick someone this month, uh, May, May 2022, and uh, you'll get a book. Uh, lastly, just want to say the Next Gen team is here for you. We are rooting you on, parents, and if there's any way we can come alongside you, support you, give you more resources, ideas, please reach out to us. Uh, we would love to uh, be a part of your parenting journey in any way that we can. Any last thoughts? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. I just, yeah, just a bit of encouragement. I just, parenting is difficult. It's very difficult. And you're doing a great job. If you're listening to this, you care. (laughs) And you are trying to learn. And yeah, just take a breath. You got this. We're going to make mistakes along the way, but it's all right. Excellent. Love it. All right. Well, thanks for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I guess I'll, uh, what's for dinner tonight? No, just kidding. Um, thanks for listening to this, parents. Hope you have a great day and uh, look forward to um, connecting with you at some point in the future. Uh, you're doing great work. Keep up the good work with your kids. Thanks for listening to this Northbrook Next Gen podcast. Be sure to check the show notes for relevant info. And check back for more podcasts coming soon.